Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Some People Call That Jesus. The topic we're looking at today is desensitization, or being desensitized, which is kind of used in our world a lot today with technology and media and video games and influences, things that are going on all the time. I feel like it's often used more towards youth becoming desensitized to things, um, but it can happen to anybody, really. And in my study in prayer, I was really interested to know what, what does the Bible say about becoming desensitized, if it does at all, and how does it help us today or speak to us today as that is an issue that many of us can go through. And at first, just looking at a Google definition of it, one phrase stuck out to me in terms of being desensitized, and it was emotionally callous. You have this heart that has lost sensitivity and, and flexibility and receptivity in many ways. So emotionally calloused heart of a person. That was kind of just the Google definition of desensitized. And then I started to go into scripture very prayerfully and thoughtfully, of course, to say, God, what is it about being desensitized? Starting with the definition and then developing understanding from there. So that's the point of today in this episode. So first, defining it. An important verse is in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 19. And really to get the full context is what is being spoken of here. In Ephesians 4, starting in verse 17, or 17 through 19. And it says this, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. And here it is in verse 19, who, being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness with greediness. There's several different factors in there that we have to break down a little bit and look at. But in verse 19 is kind of my biblical definition of desensitized or where it talks about it directly. And it's that phrase being past feeling. I'm particularly looking in the New King James Version. It may sound a little different depending on your Bible translation. But this idea of being past feeling, you've lost that sensitivity of your heart. I think of terms like you're numb or or jaded or, again, emotionally calloused. So you're being past feeling, and look at, in verse 17 and 18, what has led up to a human heart falling under this condition. It says, it's the effects of a darkened, hardened heart. It says there's no knowledge, no light, no connection with God. There's ignorance, meaning there's lack of knowledge. There's no connection with the life of God. It says we walk around in the futility of our thinking, uselessness, purposelessness, all these synonyms of futility really shows that in your mind, it says people, non-believers, those following the world, you walk around with this very shallow thinking, with a calloused heart because you're disconnected from the knowledge, the light, and the life of God. And it's a very serious situation. And having gone numb or going past feeling, verse 19 says, what do you do as a result of that? It says people go, they work all uncleanness with greediness, or meaning it's almost like the last sensation you have is of the flesh. You just go into pleasing this flesh, making it feel good because you have no more satisfaction spiritually, emotionally, mentally. It's all just about pleasing this flesh to get any sensation left. And it says you go after that with greediness. And there's one verse in Romans six nineteen where it talks about ever-increasing wickedness, or some translations say iniquity upon iniquity, meaning that the sinful nature or the flesh, if you follow those desires and feed into it, if you give into those temptations, it's never satisfied. There's almost like a greediness or an ever-increasing wickedness that occurs, really characterized by a downward spiral. 
you can see it in people's lives, that term's used a lot, a downward spiral. Just gets worse and worse. Or you could exemplify it with uh, drug use. For people, it takes more and more to have the same effect upon you. And it gets worse and worse, and the addiction gets worse and worse. So that's what happens. When you feed into the sinful nature, you may feel satisfied in the moment or content in the moment, but it quickly goes away. And the more that you invest in it, the more that you take part of that desire, the more it's not enough. You have to do more and more just to get some kind of sensation or fulfillment back. And so it gets worse and worse and drags you down. That's what it's warning of here. When you get past feeling emotionally callous, you're not connected with God, you get sucked into this downward spiral of the sinful nature drawing you in. And in Galatians 6, 8, Galatians chapter 6, verse 8, it says, if you sow to please the sinful nature or the flesh, from that flesh and nature, you'll reap corruption or destruction gives this example of like sowing seed and getting a harvest once it's grown up. He said, if you please the sinful nature, all you get is corruption and destruction. Anytime you please this flesh, it begins to corrode something in your life, destroy something in your life. Even if it's subtle at first, you'll continue to feed into it again because it's a downward spiral. So this is a very, very bad condition to be in when you're emotionally callous and numb, feeding into the flesh in a downward spiral and all you're reaping is more destruction, self-destructive, does not last long because you'll wear out very, very quickly. So being in this tough situation, with this definition of desensitization we're looking at according to Scripture, what is God's solution for us? Before we even go to some of the other parts, I want to look right now at the antidote or the solution that God gives us. And it's found in Ezekiel 11:19. And if you go to that verse, you'll see that God gives this promise. He says, they'll have a new covenant, a new relationship with you that would later to be fulfilled in Jesus and that we have now through Jesus. And he says, I'll take your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I mean, how, how much of a perfect picture for desensitized or emotionally callous can you get than a heart that's made of stone? It doesn't give, it doesn't receive, it's not flexible, it's not functioning, not even pumping blood throughout the body in a physical sense. But he says, I'll take that heart from you. And in this new relationship and dynamic through Jesus, I'll give you a heart of flesh that's new, fresh, receptive, gives and receives. That's a very powerful antidote. He says, I, you just need a totally new heart. That's how you get out of the situation. But continuing upon that thought, sometimes we who are Christians, we make mistakes, make foolish decisions, and we can start to emotionally callous ourselves again. We can start to go back into the sinful nature and flesh if we make those decisions, if we give in to those desires that may tempt us at times. And here's the result of it. We start to corrode our heart again. We start to get past feeling once again and back in that downward spiral. So does God give a solution and a help for that as well? He does. If he's already given you a heart of flesh and you're in a relationship with him, but you've started to corrode once again by your choices, we go to Psalm 51 verse 10. It's just one verse to use for us. King David, after some grievous sins, praying, Create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. We can pray according to God's word, which is his expressed will, that God created me a clean heart. This can happen many times. You make mistakes, you commit sins, you repent, qu repent quickly, you go back to God and say, God, forgive me, create in me a clean heart, cleanse me, flush me clean, work it out of me, Lord, so that I can have that new heart again that was a part of the relationship and the covenant that you have granted me through Jesus. So you can pray for a clean heart, and it should be a consistent prayer that God removes the things from us that are against him, especially in our hearts and in our minds. So you have the antidote there from Ezekiel, a new heart. And then there in Psalm 51.10, you have a solution or a cure when you start to corrode your heart again with things of the world. 
to ask God to create it new again, to clean it new again for you. So there, we have some of the definition of desensitized. Now we have an antidote and a solution that we can use in two different situations. Now I want to look a little bit further into what are some of the contributions to being desensitized, because now we know what it is according to Scripture. We have a better idea, but it's important to know what contributes it. How can I uh, be on the lookout, be on guard against some of the things that contribute to it so I don't get in that condition again? The first one I want to look at is bad generational teachings and behavior. Bad generational teachings and behavior. A good verse to this to understand is in 1 Peter in the New Testament, towards the end of your Bible, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18. 1 Peter 1.18, and it says this, and you might want to read the verses around it because it's kind of in the middle of a thought. But verse 18 says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like gold and silver, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. That's the part in the verse I want you to grab right there. He's saying you have useless conduct, vain conduct, and really what it is is worldly or empty lifestyles passed down generationally, which can certainly happen. You're living in a particular way because your parents lived that way, your grandparents, maybe even your great-grandparents and beyond lived in that type of way. But if it's not according to the word of God, then it's not right. And this can be a very, very difficult thing to acknowledge, to recognize, and then even come to God to correct. Because it's hard. You could have an entire family living in a type of way, speaking a type of way, exhibiting a certain behavior or lifestyle, and it's contrary to the word of God. Just because your family has done it for generations, even you in your past life, past life meaning before you accepted Jesus, then it's not the way that you should live. And it can be hard to break from that because you can get a lot of judgment and criticism potentially but bad generational teachings. It's no excuse, even if it's tradition of your fathers, it's no excuse to continue in that if it's contrary to the word of God. So that's one of the contributions to become emotionally callous and getting in this downward spiral is following traditions of your family, of generations that are contrary to the word of God. Something else to be aware of, and it's found back in Genesis chapter 8.21. We're in the story of Noah in Genesis chapter 8, and it's actually after the flood God is talking to him again. There's a covenant being established again with Noah. And he says, Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. The part of that verse that we're grabbing to build on our understanding here is that he said the imagination of man's heart is evil even from his youth. The Bible shows us that we're born into sin that we can have this moral corruption even from youth. How important it is to teach our children, the young ones, the generations coming after us, the importance of scripture, the truth of Jesus, because if not, this corruption is taking place from the very beginning because we're born into sin. That's why we all need a savior in Jesus to rescue us in this life. And we need to protect our children, especially with the truth, because this can happen very, very early on. So that's the second contribution to this desensitized heart that I want to highlight is this moral corruption that can begin very early in someone's life. Next step I want to look at evil lifestyles and patterns of this world. A short verse but very profound back in Ephesians, this time in chapter 2. In Ephesians chapter 2, it's verses 1 and 2, and it says this, And you he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Now there's a few things to break down and other types of topics it touches on there. 
But what it's saying is this prince of the power of the air, it's talking about Satan and the evil angels that rebelled against God. And what they do is they promote patterns or courses of this world, or a term that I like to use that I think is pretty accurate in applying this to us is lifestyles. They promote evil lifestyles, worldly lifestyles that are contrary to the word of God. Again, like we talked about being passed down from generation to generation, these lifestyles are perpetuated by Satan and the evil angels in order to draw us further into sin, to draw us away from God and from his word. So you have to know once you get caught in some of these patterns and lifestyles, if you don't have someone to show you out and to help by the truth deliver you from that, you can get into this past feeling. You can get into an emotionally calloused heart where you're not open and receptive to the truth. So we have to be aware of these lifestyles and patterns that can trap people for a lifetime. Also, in Matthew 24:12, another contribution to this of a calloused heart. Matthew 24:12, Jesus is telling his disciples about the end times, which we are in right now and ever increasingly so. And he talks about that in those times, because lawlessness, which is sin, because sin will abound and be plentiful, the love of many will grow cold. So he says when you're in an environment in a place where there's sin continually, in a household where there's sin continually, it can cause your heart and your love to grow cold. Now, it's not that we can escape this dark world. We are here for a purpose, to save others through the truth of Jesus. But it's important for us to know that there might be some things in your environment, even relations in your environment, relationships, that you might have to disconnect yourself from. Because if you're continually around that lawlessness, which is sin, it says it can cause your love and your heart to grow cold. And that's directly from Jesus talking into his disciples back when he was on earth. So it's important to know that if that's consistently in your environment, even something that's under your control that you could end, cut off, remove, and you don't, it could cause your love to grow cold. So there's four contributions to desensitization just to give us a picture of what to be on the lookout for. There's many beyond that, and I hope you study and share those with me when you find them. Now for the last point of this in desensitization, now that we've defined it, we looked at God's antidote and solution. Now we've looked at some of the channels and contributions that cause this to happen to us during our journey and during our life. Now I want to look at a few pieces to end here of prevention. When we accept Jesus and he's made us new and he's given us that new heart, what can we do to prevent these contributions, to prevent this desensitization from happening in the first place? One very important verse is Proverbs 4.23, and it says, Guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. Part of it is that we don't guard our heart. Sometimes people just in a passing word, like they could literally be passing by your office and say a word, and it could offend you, it could upset you, whatever the word may be, the thing they said to you. People sometimes they have their heart wide open. So that any little type of word of negativity or offense they let into their heart, and it bothers them and disturbs them and shakes their emotions around. But the Bible says, with all careful diligence, guard your heart. Don't just let anything or anyone or any word into it because it can disrupt you. And it says out of that heart that you let everything into, the issues of your life, the dramas and troubles of your life spring out of. So if you guard that heart, you stop many of your problems before they even begin. So guard your heart with all diligence. In Luke 6:45, Jesus gives us more understanding about our heart and what we can do here as a measure of prevention. So as I turn there to Luke again, 6:45, Jesus says this. He says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Pretty straightforward there, but Jesus says, what you store up in your heart, that's what determines who you are, that has a severe impact upon your life. If you store up evil, 
all you'll bring out is evil. If you store up good, then all you can bring out is good. And he says here, whatever your heart is filled with, that's the words you're speaking with. Because he says the abundance or just the overflow of what your heart is filled with. So if you're always speaking in anger, it means your heart's filled with anger. Or if you're speaking in jealousy, then your heart's filled with jealousy. Jesus is teaching us something simple but profound here. That whatever you fill your heart with, that's all you can bring out of it. So be very careful when you're guarding your heart to only store up the good things of God's word and of his spirit within your heart. So that whenever you speak, whenever you exhibit behavior, it's just pulling out of the good things of your heart. And the third and final point here in terms of prevention as we relate to the topic here of becoming desensitized or emotionally callous, is to understand this. Anyone who breaks in is a thief, but Jesus knocks. The verse is Revelation 3.20, and Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and whoever hears me and lets me in, I will come in and eat with him and him with me. Jesus is saying, Look at my approach to your heart. You guard it with all diligence that even he has to knock to be let in. And he says, listen for my knock, listen for my calling. I'm not going to be intrusive. I'm not going to obligate you. I'm not going to force you. I'm going to come and see if you're willing and eager and open to letting me in. And he says, look, I'll feed you. I'll supply you. We'll have fellowship. We'll have a relationship. This will help fill your heart with good things. And even, even in the world, there's this, right now, this vocabulary being used of intrusive thoughts And I don't know if people list a cause or whatever, but they talk about, oh, an intrusive thought, this thought or desire that comes into my head and I can't shake it and it's like tormenting me until I do something about it or focus on something else. Understand that that's not how the Holy Spirit works. He's described as the still small voice behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. He's described as standing at the door and knocking, seeing if we're listening for him to let him in. And that's how he enters and that's how he calls us. So if it's something that's obligating you, forcing you, an intrusive thought, That's not of God. He stands at the door and knocks, looking for your willingness and eagerness. I kind of like to envision, maybe if you were little and you were very eager for someone, a family member, a cousin, a friend to come over, and you're constantly looking out the front window to see if headlights are coming up the driveway or someone's walking up to the front door. I like kind of having that eager expectation. Jesus is coming to stand at the door and knock or stand at the door of your heart. Every morning, wake up and have that eagerness of saying, I'm going to go away from distractions go into my prayer time, to my study time, like that eager kid looking out the window, waiting for that person to come up and knock, waiting for Jesus to come say that he wants to be with you, to teach you, to satisfy you, and to show you new things. Have that kind of eagerness and image in mind and approach God like that every day and every morning because that's how he opens the relationship and that's how he comes to you every day. So I hope that gives you a little bit more insight into desensitization, what's happening in our world. No matter the results or what technology or whatever it may be, It can happen to anyone, but understand the definition, what contributes to it, but most importantly, God's solution and antidote, and also according to his word, how to prevent it from happening to you. So again, as always, I appreciate you taking the time to study with me on these important topics, and I look forward to studying again with you very soon.